If a candidate declared himself the harbinger of the apocalypse, you'd think his career in politics was pretty limited. But Donald Trump is promising a day of reckoning, just as the Bible predicts, and he's doing just fine with Republican voters. Two serious Christian conservatives, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and Trump's former Vice President Mike Pence, have also entered the Republican primary, but can they draw religious voters away from Trump? Associate Professor David Smith of the US Study Centre has been studying the entrails of this contest. The few polls that have been done, specifically looking at religious voters, indicate a closer and less stable picture, with Trump still ahead, but nonetheless, probably a lot of evangelical voters seriously considering DeSantis as an alternative. It's going to be hard to tell until we really get into the primaries how the votes are actually breaking, but certainly DeSantis believes that there are evangelical votes there for him. He's campaigning in Iowa at the moment, his first campaign was in front of hundreds of people at an evangelical church. So he believes that the votes are potentially there. DeSantis is a Catholic. This no disincentive to evangelicals these days? Ever since the late 1970s and the early 1980s, when Ronald Reagan pulled together the great conservative religious coalition, which exists until this day, I don't think that denominational standing has really been an issue for religious conservatives at all. America used to be very divided along denominational lines, and you could see that as late as Kennedy's presidency or even as late as the Roe versus Wade decision in 1973, where evangelical Protestants were initially reluctant to oppose it, partly because they saw opposition to abortion as a Catholic issue. But that really changed with Reagan. These days, the big religious divide in America is between religious conservatives and everybody else. So religious liberals tend to flock more to the Democratic Party, and that's where secularists tend to be found as well. But religious conservatives are very much embedded in the Republican Party and in the conservative coalition. And it doesn't really matter at this point whether they are Catholic or evangelical. Mm. And DeSantis has certainly been making very direct appeals to evangelicals. He had quite an eyebrow-raising ad last year narrated by his wife suggesting that God had chosen DeSantis as a protector, which is very much appealing to evangelicals. So I don't think that his personal denominational standing matters very much. Yeah. If your principal identity is as an ethno-nationalist, your grievance is immigration, I can see how Trump is your guy still. If your Mm. identity is sort of a blue-collar worker from once a unionised, what we might call upper-working class background and your grievance is that you've been forced into early retirement, your son will not get the same sort of job as you did. I could see why Trump is still your guy. But if your principal identity is a conservative church-going Christian with traditional family values, now that you have a choice, why would you choose Trump over DeSantis? We have to remember how much things changed during Trump's presidency. In 2016, Trump lost in Iowa because two-thirds of evangelicals voted for Ted Cruz. 
But by 2020, 81% of white evangelicals were voting for Donald Trump in the general election, which is higher even than George W. Bush got, a very strongly identifying evangelical Christian. What happened in the intervening four years was that Trump really dragged the evangelical mainstream to him. What we saw was Trump's support within evangelical circles, even before other evangelicals got on board, had always come from Pentecostal and charismatic Christians. Pentecostal and charismatic Christians in America are huge in number. There are tens of millions of them. But politically, they've usually been marginalized from the evangelical mainstream. A lot of evangelicals don't trust them. They see them as overly physical, irrational, too superstitious, concerned with these strange practices like speaking in tongues, which a lot of mainstream evangelicals have traditionally been fairly wary of. Now, this group, they were behind Trump from the beginning because Trump was such a radical figure, such a break with normal politics, that to many of them, he represented the potential fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Mm. David, you make a point in a fascinating piece that you did for The Conversation recently that Trump is actually more apocalyptic. DeSantis is mm. more orthodox uh, in a smaller uh, way in his appeal to religious conservatives. Trump is apocalyptic. So DeSantis does what Christian politicians traditionally did, which was to present politics as an instrumental thing that Christians could use to achieve desirable policy goals. And this is what DeSantis is going to concentrate on in this campaign, that he was the governor who signed a six-week abortion ban in Florida, that he was the governor who made it illegal to talk about homosexuality in an age-inappropriate way in schools. These are policy goals that evangelical Christians want and have applauded. And he's going to claim that Trump actually has a very thin record when it comes to policy. But Trump's appeal is not in this orthodox use of politics for policy ends. Trump presents himself as an apocalyptic figure, as somebody who is actually going to essentially bring about judgment on God's enemies. Trump was initially not adept at speaking in Christian language, but he got a lot better at it as his presidency went on, especially being surrounded by these Pentecostal and charismatic figures. And when he's out of office, the very dark imagery that he uses has a lot of resonance with evangelical Christians who think that the country has reached such a point of spiritual crisis driven there by governments who are actively hostile to Christianity, that something very, very radical is required to save the country. And Trump presents himself as that radical agent of God's will who will ultimately bring about judgment on God's enemies. Yeah, yeah, the v very biblical image, the day of judgment. Also, I suspect, a certain Trumpian-style resurrection. <laughs> Absolutely. What Trump is appealing to at the moment is a death and resurrection narrative. Trump's election in 2016 was so extraordinary in the first place, defying all the predictions of the polls, defying, in the end, the popular vote, 
that many evangelicals believe one way or another that he will triumph again, that his loss in 2020 was just the appearance of a loss, was just the appearance of death, that resurrection one way or another is coming. Of course, for a serious Christian, though, that's almost blasphemous uh, for Trump to behave like that. It does raise this question, David, of just how authentic your religious belief or your religious identity is or is being an evangelical, if you still support Trump so fervently, just another form of identity that you wear rather lightly? Certainly, evangelical as a label of identity has become very powerful. Polling actually suggests now that more and more people are adopting that label without necessarily being orthodox practicing Christians themselves. A lot of what Trump does is a real affront to Christian orthodoxy. But then again, a lot of what Trump does is an affront to orthodoxy of all kinds. He has been an affront to Republican foreign policy orthodoxy. He's been an affront to Republican economic orthodoxy. This is part of the whole package of Trump. And part of what Trump appealed to was evangelical dissatisfaction with their own leaders. Evangelicals really felt that they had had very little payoff from years or decades of supporting Republicans who promised that they would bring about a conservative restoration of America, but never did. Even George W. Bush, who the journalist Hannah Rosen once called the closest thing that evangelicals had to a pope, when you look at his record as president, apart from a temporary ban on stem cell research, he never really brought about the kinds of sweeping policy changes which many evangelicals were hoping for. Mm. Trump, on the other hand, had the inarguable achievement of ending Roe versus Wade. He appointed three conservative justices. And this was what brought about a policy goal of 50 years standing. You've mentioned a couple of times there abortion and uh, Trump's three appointments to the US Supreme Court being instrumental in overturning Roe versus Wade, which was guaranteeing a constitutional right to abortion. Abortion still not banned, by the way, in the United States, but no longer having that constitutional protection. Why has the abortion issue turned so savagely against Republicans? Because opinion polls, including most recently, I think the Pew research shows that Americans still have deep reservations about abortion, and yet this is not working for Republicans. No. When Roe versus Wade was overturned, a lot of Republican state legislatures immediately started moving towards legislation, which, if it didn't ban abortion outright, was close to an outright ban on abortion. So the legislation that Ron DeSantis has signed into law in Florida, a six-week ban, that may as well be a complete ban on abortion, given how many people don't even know that they are pregnant at six weeks of pregnancy. So the fact that so many states move towards these really radical restrictions on abortions. Yeah, including, that, by the way, no exemptions for rape and incest in some cases. Absolutely. That really alienated a lot of people who may have been uncomfortable with the number of abortions taking place in the US, but nonetheless think that it should be 
legal. It was basically those actions and the rhetoric of a lot of Republicans led to this complete reframing of the debate in terms of, is abortion actually going to be legal or not? When that question has been put directly on the ballot, or when questions about constitutional protection have been put directly on the ballot, even in conservative states like Kentucky and Montana, majorities have voted in favour of keeping abortion legal and keeping state constitutional protections for abortion. Whereas this used to be an issue that really mobilised Republicans and conservatives after Roe versus Wade, it really gave them something to fight for, this long-term goal. Now that they've actually achieved that goal, this issue has become a political asset for Democrats. This presents a really tricky dilemma for Trump and DeSantis. Trump recognised that one of the reasons why Republicans did so badly in the midterms in 2022 was because of the abortion issue. He has said that privately, even though publicly he still certainly claims a lot of credit for overturning Roe versus Wade. It's something that he would not want to be an election issue. However, DeSantis sees this as one of his potential opportunities to actually outflank Trump from the right and to pick up evangelical votes, is to say he has signed one of the toughest abortion bans in the country and to say that you know Trump doesn't support that level of restriction on abortions. Now, that might help DeSantis pick up evangelical votes. If he becomes the Republican candidate, though, that's going to be a very, very difficult thing for him to defend in a general election. How much more religiously, let us say, expressive is Ron DeSantis compared with, say, George W. Bush? DeSantis, he seems to go even further. DeSantis, though, actually has tried to wrap it in a more secular language. He has tried to wrap it in the language of fighting wokeness. This is what he's been doing in Florida, saying Florida is where woke goes to die. He's fighting against woke school administrators and even woke capitalism, woke Disney. He's wrapped it all up in this language that has a broader appeal beyond evangelicals, even though it certainly appeals to a lot of evangelicals. It's really about the reassertion of traditional gender roles, traditional family structures, and of shielding children from things that conflict with their parents' beliefs. So it's, it's actually a very traditional kind of conservative Christian program, but it is wrapped up in a more secular language to try to give it more appeal to conservatives and even to some non-conservatives who think that wokeness has gone too far. David, it's always instructive to speak with you. Thank you very much for coming back to the Religion and Ethics Report. My pleasure. Associate Professor David Smith of the US Studies Centre. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.